0: Everybody, welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon
1: and I'm Alex.
0: And today is going to be our final episode for now of Makeup and Mandalore with the last two episodes of season two of The Mandalorian. We are going to do things a little bit backwards today. Um, We got a lot of news concerning um, new Disney Plus Star Wars shows. We're actually going to talk about that at the end um, because it ties in a little bit with how Mandalorian ended. Um, But before we get into, like, the craziness uh, that happened with the Mandalorian finale. Um, if you want to support the show, um, we do have a coffee account. We also have our shop. And I wanted to put in a little caveat here. Um, Disney has been sniping our designs on TeePublic. So um, if you want something, I'd grab it now. Because they've sniped about like half of our designs. Mm-hmm um I've added I've tried to like add a couple of things back in I just there's no guarantee for how long things are going to be there or if it's going to get taken down so if you want to check out anything in our shop I would highly recommend doing so mm-hmm. and as far as Rex um <laughs> we haven't really been in like a content boom yeah I feel like
1: <laughs> though I-, I was gonna say we're what three days away from Bridgerton
0: That's true. So,
1: like, I mean, neither of us have seen it yet, but it looks very promising.
0: (laughs) We have a friend who is very, very hype. So the hype is alive. (laughs) And a lot of stuff is coming out um, on Christmas. This episode will be a couple of days before Christmas. So Merry Christmas to those of you who celebrate it. Um, But we'll have Soul, uh, Wonder Woman.
1: Oh, there, Wonder Woman, of course. Patty Jenkins. There we go. Oh yes, that will tie in later.
0: Uh, But as far as, like, other things, I did read an anthology called Universe of Wishes, which both Zoraida Cardova and Rebecca Roanhorse, who have written for Star Wars, do have stories in that book. Um, Theirs were probably some of my favorites. The book as a whole wasn't the best, but if you find this book at the library or if you want to listen to it or anything like that, um, their stories are really cool, and I think it's a nice jumping-off point if you want to, like, discover a little bit more of what they've written, because... Zoraida's in particular, I think, ties in with her other YA series, or at least, like, the magic system reminded me of stuff I've heard about it, so I'm, I'm really interested to check her stuff out now.
1: Yeah, you're going to go um, read her, like, Bruja books.
0: Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. definitely want to. I have um, Rebecca Roanhorse's new book on hold at the library. Um, it's like a Sun. 10-week wait, yeah, for Black Sun. Um, I'm very excited about that, though. That looks really cool. So I guess we're ready to uh, dive in to chapters 15 and 16 of The Mandalorian. How did you feel, like, going into these episodes? Like, how did you feel about, like, where we were going to go?
1: I was excited because I felt like um, we're finally going to kind of get, like, this climax and, like, things were going to happen other than just, like, wandering around the galaxy finding new people. Mm Mm-hmm. That's so. I was like, okay, like we're not gonna go like on another quest that's gonna like send us somewhere else. Like they're they're gonna they're gonna like kind of race to, towards the conclusion here now.
0: It definitely did feel like it was gonna start to get more focused because mm-hmm. I mean we coming off of the tragedy, yeah. like we knew that there was like a goal now, and it did mm-hmm. feel like it was kind of being driven towards something. Yeah,
1: and like I, I will say, like off the bat, like the Believer like was a great episode.
0: Oh yeah. I, I definitely think like coming off of the tragedy, The Believer was like exactly what I wanted. Yeah. So this episode was directed by Rick Famiua and he is a Mandalorian veteran, which was really nice to see. And honestly, this might be like my favorite episode of season two. Yeah,
1: I agree with you for sure. Um, I I also love episode one. I love I love <laughs> chapter nine.
0: <laughs> um I mean that goes without saying.
1: Yeah, I love chapter nine and chapter fifteen.
0: <laughs> I mean, like this episode, it, it was really cool because like we go back and we recruit um Mayfeld, who was in season one, um, also in a Rick episode. And like his character by the end of it, I was like, I stand. I yeah. love it. The emotional conflict, so good.
1: Who would have thought?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. Who would've thought? <laughs> Um, but right off the bat, like, they pick up Mayfeld from a literal trash heap, and it felt a lot like the beginning of Rogue One. This episode has a lot of Rogue One vibes.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, like, it's it's grittier. It's almost, like, more intimate.
0: Mm-hmm. It was, like, that, that like, other look at what the war is, like, on a smaller yeah. scale,
1: I almost feel like. And it, and it could also be because, like, it was a tropical planet, and, like kind of reminds me of Scarif a little bit.
0: Um, yeah, it definitely had Scarif mm-hmm. vibes. You also put in that it had some Solo vibes as well. Yeah,
1: well, those um, those transports that they were, um, like, carrying to um, the main, like, hub kind of reminded me of the train and the heist mm-hmm. section of Solo. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I really, I felt like it, it connected a lot into all that, which was really nice to see. Um, <laughs> and I, I want to say right off the bat, so, like, they recruit Mayfeld, whatever, so now we have, like, a crew now, basically. Like, we have, you know, Din Djarin, we've got Boba Fett, Finnick, Cara Dune, uh, Mayfeld, and Boba Fett rolls up, and his armor is, like, pristine now, and I want to know how they were able to fix that. Like, where did they, how did they repaint it?
1: They really touched it up. They really
0: touched it up. Maybe
1: they found Sabine? <laughs> and they just didn't show her. They just Though, didn't show her. It's like, you know. Sabine would have given it a lot more flair. It wouldn't have just been, like, uh, like retouch-up. It would have been, like, let me make this an artistic piece.
0: Yeah, it's like, let me take Boba Fett's color scheme and, like, make it better. Because mm-hmm. it, it just, I mean, he looked great, but...
1: <laughs> I don't know, I think... I think she might take his, bo- his like, color scheme and, like, go completely opposite with it and go, like, pink and, like, purple um, to really give him some personality.
0: Oh, yes. I-, I would really like to see pink Boba Fett armor. That would be – that's exactly what we need here. But we've all been recruited – Uh, We're going to basically find where Gideon's ship is, and Mayfeld was an Imperial, so he has a lot of insider information, and I like that right off the bat, like, this created a lot of tension with him and Kara, it created some tension with him and, you know, our Mando, because Mando, at this point, all he cares about is getting little baby Grogu back, and he's pretty much willing to do anything. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. He like he'll he'll pull out all the stops. And we, we see that later in the episode.
0: Oh yes, definitely. So to get into this kind of like facility where they're gonna get this information, Mando has to go undercover in stormtrooper armor. What did you think of seeing him in something different like this?
1: Um, it was really interesting and, and it's it's cool that Mayfeld pointed it out. That was and he was like, you know, like what what is The rule is it that you can't take your Mando helmet off, or is it can you not show your face?
0: He brought in so many good questions for Din. Like, this was stuff that I think people were theorizing that maybe Boba Fett was gonna like be for him, but like, nonetheless, I'm really glad that it got brought up because he's like, really questioning. He's like, What is your like, what are your rules? Like, what is the way? Why are you, like, why can you do this thing? Yeah. And he he also brings up, you know, like, if you were born on Mandalore, you believe one thing. If you were born on Alderaan, you believe something else. But in the end, it doesn't matter because both planets are dead.
1: Yeah. I think Mayfeld's an interesting character because it's like, he's speaking from experience that we don't have a lot of insight into. hmm and I, I think it's really interesting. I think his backstory is probably very, very intriguing.
0: Well, let's talk about that. Because when they when they arrive at this place, and, you know, they're still kind of undercover, like, we find out that Mayfeld was part of Operation Cinder. Yeah.
1: Like, I mean, the, the Cinder name drop, I was, like, ears, like, open. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that has been all over the place with a lot of new canon stuff. And it just, you know, if you don't know about Operation Cinder, it, it was basically, like, palpatine's plan to just be like well if i can't win no one wins yeah,
1: and just it's destroying like to just, whole planet just wreak havoc after he lost kind of thing
0: yeah and mm-hmm. it's it's one of the reasons why it was so hard for the new republic and like is hard for the new republic in this time period to get any footing because he just was everywhere all yeah. at once um and so many people died and mayfeld says that you know he's like. Like, five, ten thousand people died. He lost his entire regiment. And they're talking to, like, a moth or an officer or whoever. And, like, (laughs) he says that they were all heroes of the Empire. And Mayfeld basically says, like, a TLJ, you know, like, dead heroes. It doesn't matter. Do you think it matters to them? Like, they're dead now. I really like seeing that morality come in, because I feel like we haven't really gotten that from, like, Armando. Like, we know that he has morals and, like, cares about things. But I I feel like it... It was something really interesting for Din to see. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the big thing that happened in this episode, and it's that um, Din Jaren takes his helmet off.
1: Yeah, he doesn't have a choice. I mean, like, I guess he does have a choice. Like, his choice is that he's not going to be able to rescue Grogu if he keeps it on.
0: Yeah, so, because this machine, in order to get the information about Gideon, it has to scan his face, and he literally just takes his helmet off and... It results in basically him having his helmet off for the rest of the episode, and, like, Mayfeld sees him, and everybody sees him, and I love the panic. Mayfeld's
1: (laughs) the only person who survives that saw him.
0: That's very true. That is very true. And I loved his attitude about it, because it was very, Mm -hmm. like, I understand. This isn't okay. Like, you put your helmet back on, I promise I'm not going to say anything. Mayfeld's,
1: like, a weird character, because he's so disrespectful about some things, and then, like... He comes out of nowhere and is like, you know what? Like, I'll pretend like I didn't see that.
0: He's, like, the heart of gold smuggler boy kind of trope a little bit. Yeah,
1: I mean, he's, he's said some things in the past that are um, a little worrisome, but... <laughs> <laughs>
0: he has, he has. And, I mean, he was an Imperial, but clearly, you know, and, like, and he said this, like, you know, we all have to sleep at night. Like, it, it clearly, he does not like what the Empire became And I think along with that, and then also seeing how the stormtroopers act in this, like, they act, like, very human, they're just kind of, like, cheering Mm -hmm. them on, like, yay, you didn't die, kind of thing. It really shows, like, this different side of the Empire.
1: It's, it's interesting, because then we see troopers, well, we'll get there, but in the, in the finale, we see a different kind of trooper that is, like, completely 180 different from what we see in this episode. (sighs)
0: There's a lot of things that are 180 different from the two episodes. Yeah,
1: true. Um, yeah
0: but we did kind of get away from uh, our from the face reveal there. But it was just really, it was really cute. I loved the panic. Um, they call him brown eyes.
1: Oh, amazing. <laughs> I just, like, Rick so gets
0: it. Rick yeah, gets it.
1: Rick does. <laughs> I, I would like a
0: whole, he could direct all of the Mandalorian, and I'd be fine with that.
1: Well, I mean, he's he's gonna be directing Children of Blood and Bone. <gasps>
0: That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Ooh, and he knows. Man, really he <laughs> knows.
1: He knows.
0: Oh man, can you imagine inon Because Anon's got some pretty eyes, yeah. and he's gonna. Oh man, she's gonna go to the dark side for a pair. Of you know eyes. how we'll so. <laughs>
1: Like it's kind of interesting, because you know it's like hands are a language, Star Wars is ab- is about hands, but lately I've been he- I've been feeling like it's about the eyes.
0: yes. Well, you see the same eyes in different people,
1: yeah. and rebels with Kanan, like oh. I feel <laughs> like especially
0: with our masked characters like eyes mean a lot. Like even mm-hmm. in the last Jedi when Phasma gets sliced, you just see like the one eye and it's very yeah. human looking.
1: Or the elevator scene in the last Jedi. It's all about the
0: eyes. <laughs> it's
1: all about the eyes. It's just it's just really really cool. This
0: episode reminded me so much of like Inferno Squad and yeah. like certain parts of um Lost Stars. Mm-hmm. Just seeing that other side of the Empire that like for so many it's just like it's just a job. Like it's just what they're doing. And they're not all like these fanatics that believe like that the galaxy must be brought to order. You know, it's just they're just there and it's what they do. But then on like the flip side of that, like they talk about the people that live on this planet and they're like, it doesn't matter if you're Empire or New Republic. Like to these people, you're just invaders trying to tell them how to live. And I really like when Star Wars get smirky like that. Yeah. Because it, it's not just, like, good guys and bad guys. Like, it, it's very, very complicated.
1: And I think that's that's an issue that I take with the next episode a little bit. That they don't lean into it.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, um, so kind
0: of getting into the next episode, I feel like the emotional, like, complexities that they were building in the tragedy and in The Believer kind of fall flat. Or, like, it's just not present in the last episode. Um,
1: I think, like, a big criticism of this this season has been there hasn't been as much, like, emotional conflict Mm -hmm. as in season one. It's just been a lot of plot, plot, plot. And then we get to chapter 14 and there's finally some emotional conflict. And chapter 15, there's emotional conflict. So, it's like, finally, we're going to get something in this last episode um, and I think that was the goal of the last episode, but I don't think it was as successful in hitting in the right way.
0: No, it, to me, it felt pretty, pretty void of, like, the buildup. I, <laughs> Technically, the stuff that they were setting up happened, but it just didn't feel like the emotions paid off. Um, So the last episode for season two is called The Rescue. Um, It was directed by Peyton Reed, um, who also did, what was it, chapter 10? Yeah. Yeah. So um, (laughs) our Ant-Man bring-it-on fame, he comes back for this. And this is, you know, we're going to rescue little baby Grogu. And Dr. Pershing comes back. He's confirmed to actually be a clone scientist. We go back and recruit um, Bo-Katan, we get to see Casca again. Like, the beginning of this episode had a lot of hype, I
1: feel like. Mm-hmm. I, like, didn't Sasha say that she was not gonna be in another she did. episode? She totally did. <laughs> and I mean, good on back. her. Good on her for, um, lying and getting all her hopes down and then being really excited to see her again. Oh,
0: yeah. Like, I... <laughs> I was glad to see Bo-Katan come back because it, it felt more connected. And I also mm-hmm. feel like the retaking Mandalore and, like, you know, Din Djarin kind of, like, rediscovering what it means to be a Mandalorian. Like, that all makes sense. I was, I was glad to see her again. Um, I was also really glad because, like, Casca is really cool. Bo-Katan is really cool. I love when they face off with Boba Fett. It was, like, Boba Fett keeps calling her princess, and it just, it was very nice. And I liked to see that. Yeah, I,
1: um, the first time he called her a princess, and I'm like,
0: oh. Oh. I, like,
1: <laughs> did this awaken something? <laughs> I will
0: say, like, I was, like, really riding that Boba Fett train until, like, the very end.
1: Because otherwise
0: I would have been like, yeah, no, I think I might ship this. But <laughs> after the ending, I'm like, oh, I'm not so sure anymore. Um, but with the addition of Bo and Casca um we have more women than
1: men in our group Mm -hmm. it was four to two and um I really loved the section um with the four women like kind of ganging up and 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 kicking ass um (laughs) and someone pointed this out I was thinking this also someone pointed out on Twitter that like it was done a lot better than what we saw in Endgame with the, the the women teaming up, where in Endgame it was like, hey, look at us. Look at us. It's all the women. Look at us. And in this, it's like you don't even notice. Like, yeah. it's just...
0: Well, like, it, it makes sense. So, like, yeah. Mando wants to go alone to rescue Grogu. Um, and then Boba Fett is going to be driving the getaway car that is Slave 1. And so, naturally, that leaves Finnick, Bo-Katan, Koska, and Kara to, like, take the, the cruiser. And they do. Like, it's girls with guns. They take that entire ship, like, all by themselves. And it was really cool to see. It. And I liked that. And it didn't feel like they were trying to pat themselves on the back for, like, having that representation. It just felt very natural. So, when the... Our, our badass ladies... Finally make it to the bridge. They're hoping to find Gideon because, as we know, Bo-Katan needs the Darksaber. She wants to find Gideon so that she can have that, take back Mandalore, but he's not there because instead he is holding it over baby Grogu's head. I will kill a child. (laughs) I love that um, Gideon is a messy bitch that lives for drama.
1: (laughs) But, like, isn't that, like, all of the villains in Star Wars? I
0: mean, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but, like, I love that about them. I just feel like with Gideon, he knows so much. Because, like, his reveal in season one was really dramatic. And then in this, like, he, again, he, he's living for the drama. He's, like, telling Din about the Darksaber and, like, the history behind it. And it's just, like, he's such a classic, like, evil villain to me. And I can tell that, um I can't remember the actor's name, Um, but I can tell that he's, like, living for it. (laughs) So, I, like, some positives with this scene. I really love the way the darksaber looks. I like, um, with this Gideon and Din fight, it it was really cool to see, like, a lightsaber against somebody in full Beskar. I think the sound design was really cool.
1: And the way that it was, like, melting the, um, the, the, like, the spear. Yeah, Yeah, it was, it was really well done. I, I think
0: with that... It was just... It was a very, very cool scene. It was very interesting. But Dan does beat Gideon. He spares his life because, you know, Bo wants to talk to him. Kara wants to talk to him. I mean, he's ISB, so he's got information. Um, and then, suddenly, things start going a different direction. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> he takes him back, and... Here's the thing. Apparently, um, Bo-Katan can't have the Darksaber now because Din defeated Gideon in combat. Yeah. But, which, like, okay, like, that is established. That is yeah. a thing that has happened before. Well, you've seen that in Clone Wars. we have seen that in Rebels. Like, mm-hmm. we, we've talked about this before. Um, however, in Rebels, does Sabine not yield the saber to Bo-Katan? Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, okay, so I watched Star Wars Explained um, answer this question because someone did point it out. And they don't have, like, a solid answer, but they kind of equated it to how we found out about a certain insect of Mandalorians who won't take their helmets off now, that, like, they do believe that there probably is an explanation, like... Maybe after Bo-Katan took the Darksaber the last time from Sabine, her, like, rule was questioned a bit because it was just um, yielded to her. Like, I, I mean, it might not be that. That was just their, like, them trying to yeah, think it out. And that makes sense. Yeah. And as long as there's, like, a
0: reason, I'm happy for it. Um, I did see somebody point out on Twitter that it felt very, I will earn your brother's saber. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. It, it really does feel like um, the women have to earn the yeah.
0: Weapons. And, like, I'm not surprised, because I kind of had, like, a feeling that they might try to do this, like, because now Din could technically lay claim to the Mandalorian throne, because he yeah. fought and... He doesn't got want th- that, though. No, he really doesn't. And, like... <laughs> I, I have a lot of questions for, like, how they're going to explore this. Like, if they're going to explore that. Yeah. Um, and if we do go back and, like, learn about this cult of Mandalorians and yeah. Din finding out about the way. Like, it is setting up some interesting things. Mm-hmm. I just, because of the rest of this episode, I I worry if they're going to be able to pull it off with, like, the care that I think they should. Like, if this was coming off of season one, like, I'd be, like, so here for it. But now I'm a little bit nervous, I think.
1: I, I, I really do wish that there had been some background on why Bo-Katan would now say no to the saber.
0: Well, and, like, something else, too. So, like, we we both follow um, an author named Shannon Chakraborty on um, Twitter and she pointed out that, like, she wasn't sure if she liked bo or not. And she hasn't watched, like, Clone Wars or Rebels yeah. or anything.
1: Didn't she call her, like, a spoiled heiress or something? She, she did, which I yeah. think is really
0: funny because Bo-Katan <laughs> could be a character, like, straight out of, like, City of Brass. Yeah. I, I feel like she should be, like, all over this character. So, if anything, like to me, I feel like that speaks to more that this season didn't do a good enough job, like establishing her character for mm-hmm. new fans. Because um, I really do think, yeah. in other contexts, like, S.A. Chakraborty would like her.
1: Oh, yeah. I think that she would probably love Satine and Bo-Katan. Like, oh, yeah. Like, if yeah. we were going to get a
0: book, like, diving into their relationship, like, with the politics on Mandalore oh, and everything, S.A. Chakraborty. Really,
1: yeah, she would be really good. She's the one. <laughs> so she could, she could write the harem, too. <laughs> she, she would totally
0: write Bo's harem. So, yeah, I I feel like it speaks to more that I don't think this season did a good enough job explaining it all. And, like, you know, I watched this with my mom. My mom's a very casual viewer. She only knows things because I tell her things. And she was the same. Like, she doesn't really – she's kind of like, whatever. Um, She was pretty whatever about how this episode ended as well. So I feel like where season one did such a good job of being like, wow, this could really be, like, your entry point – I feel like this season just kind of missed with that.
1: Yeah. It, you needed to know things.
0: You you needed to know things. So let's talk about um, <laughs> when we were watching this episode. So, like, you watched it first and yeah. you were screaming. And I want you to tell me about how you felt when you saw this next section. Like, you tell me about what happened. Well,
1: I mean, you saw my messages they changed like in a second they <laughs> I did. was like I I was screaming at you I was like this episode is amazing like the energy of this episode it's going to culminate to some like big emotional climax like I like at this point like it's a lot of action but there's like intrigue to it and like okay like obviously something is about to go down that is like going to cause this huge thing right like And the huge thing was not what I thought. Surprisingly, there's a lot of people who say, like, oh, like, of course, this is the only thing that they could have done, (laughs) which I disagree with. But um, an X-Wing shows up. Um, And, and, you know, like, Kara makes a comment about, like, an X-Wing, like, what's one X-Wing going to do? I'm like, oh, God. And then someone in a dark robe shows up with a green lightsaber and um, a robotic hand. <laughs> Who could it be? Now, when he... Okay, so it was Luke Skywalker, obviously. But they don't um, ever say
0: that it was Luke Skywalker. Okay, but... <laughs> but it was. But they don't say it. <laughs> um,
1: he So when he first shows up, and it's just like him cloaked... And, like, fighting the dark troopers, which we haven't really talked about either. Um, I mean,
0: they're, they're robot killing machines that were really only there to be chopped in half by Luke Skywalker.
1: Yeah. Um, so he's fighting them. I'm a little bit confused. Like, I'm like, I, I don't really want him here, but is kind of cool. Like I was like it's like we're not seeing his face. He's he's being badass, whatever. Like, okay. Maybe he's just going to battle these these robots and leave. <laughs>
0: I just So like a lot of people had been theorizing that like Luke was going to show up. And yeah. I will admit it make it does make sense. Do I yeah. like it? No. Was it the only direction that they could have gone in? No. Like we could have yeah. seen Ezra. We could have seen Cal Kestis. They could have created some new character.
1: Yeah. I, I'm on the camp that it should have been a new character.
0: I think so, too. I, I think it's, it, it's a cop-out to say that Baby Yoda reached out and the person who answered was Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Like, that's just kind of lame to me.
1: My – and, like, I've sat with this a little bit longer and, like, I've kind of, like, come to terms with it being Luke. Mm-hmm. But I – my bigger issue is how Luke looked – and the, like, what we were saying, like, the emotional conflicts yeah. of the situation.
0: Yeah, because, you know, he comes in and he basically has mm-hmm. his Darth Vader Rogue One moment. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Which is, like, straight off of Reddit. Because people have been complaining yeah. ever since that Luke should have had that kind of moment. Um, I mean, so that's a little I'm, not, I'm, not
1: su- I'm not super mad about that moment. Um, I
0: mean, it looked cool. Yeah. Like, it, it did look really cool. What what irritates me a little bit is that he feels like beginning of Return of the Jedi Luke to me and not end of Return of the Jedi Luke, which not like a lot of people are saying that like this is, you know, Luke at the height of his Jedi power, like all that kind of stuff. And, it, you know, but I just feel like at the end of that movie, you know, he watched his father die. It was revealed that, you know, like he wasn't dark, like he had that light within him, like all that kind of stuff. And I just feel like that didn't feel present in his character. And I, I don't really know how you make it feel that way. It just was something that kind of stood out to me in a weird way. And like you said, he looks awful. They CGI'd him.
1: Yeah. He looks very uncanny. He does. And he doesn't... Like, his face he, doesn't really move. Yeah, I, like, the second time I watched it, I really, like, paid attention to the way Luke looks. And his head and neck proportions are His mouth doesn't really move. Did
0: you notice that?
1: Yeah, his hair looks, like, the lighting doesn't look right. Like, the hair looks fake. Yeah. And his eyes are just kind of glazed over. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Because, like, here's the thing, like, you know, they've done this before. They did this in Rogue One with Leia and with Tarkin. And to me, you know, like, with Leia, she had like one line, so it didn't really matter. And like with Tarkin, I feel like he actually looked really good. I I was gonna say like Tarkin,
1: I feel like I'm okay. Like I yeah, I thought he looked decent. Leia creeped me out a little bit, even yeah. though she didn't do that much. But then, like, do you remember after Rogue One came out, there were all those like deep fakes where they like fixed the Leia scene? Yeah,
0: and they made and it, it was look like really good. really
1: good. Like why why <laughs> like. How do they not have the ability to do that? Well, and like my question
0: is, too, is like why even CGI him? Like why not just re- have
1: why not have no, no, like, no. somebody just play oh, him? Oh, like I agree with you. Like I, yeah. I wrote this Twitter thread about how like I have an easier time spending disbelief when it's a recast than CG. Like look, for example, like saving Mr. Banks, Tom Hanks doesn't look anything like Walt Disney, but I can sit there for two hours and and believe that he is playing Walt. And and enjoy that, where I have less than 10 minutes of CG Luke, and I am like, I can't emotionally connect to this scene whatsoever, because I'm distracted by the fact that that is not Luke Skywalker, and he's just, like, basically a robot.
0: The thing that gets me is, like, they probably CGI'd him because if they cast somebody as Luke, then they are Luke so they're probably wanting to, like, do something with the young Luke, and they don't have a person for it yet, which, like, I guess I,
1: makes...
0: I, I, like, I guess I get, but, like, at the same time, like, it just looks really bad, and if, yeah, if you're gonna CGI a whole face onto somebody, I don't know why you couldn't CGI Ahsoka a little bit, because she just, I still keep going back to, like, why she looks the way that she looks, and it just kind of Bothers me <laughs> that they did this.
1: Yeah, but like think of like like Genevieve O'Reilly, for example. She played Mon Mothma in uh Revenge of the Sith. So because that was like two thousand and five, no one was really doing CG people in two thousand and five. So like they, they found this actress who could play Mon Mothma and then they continued to use her for Rogue One and then now like And or she's going to be on that. Yeah. Like, and I guess that's a fluke because, like, they first cast her in 2005, right? Right. Yeah.
0: It's just, I really do think it's because they know that once they cast somebody as Luke, like, they are Luke. Like, they have to have this person ready for if they're ever going to do anything Mm -hmm. with the character.
1: And, like, it's sad because I would still, like, suspend disbelief if they needed to have more than one person ever play him.
0: Exactly. Just, like, how if they wanted to, if they ever were to use somebody else for Ahsoka, like, it'd be the same thing.
1: And one thing my dad pointed out was, like, oh, maybe, like, Mark Hamill has somewhere in his contract that no one else can play him.
0: But it wasn't even his voice.
1: I thought it was his voice.
0: It didn't sound like
1: him. Was it his voice? I thought that it was, and they, like, edited it.
0: That oh, maybe. Maybe wrong. I mean, they credited Mark Hamill at the end, which confused me, because I'm like, but it didn't sound like Mark
1: Hamill. <laughs> no, I... I think that maybe it was him and they had to, like, modify his voice. But see, like, that's another thing. Like, why
0: are they going through to all of this and yet it still just doesn't feel quite right? And some people did really like this Luke reveal. And, like, that's great. I just wish that they could have done it a little bit better, for sure.
1: Yeah. Like, like I've said, it's it's like the emotional connection just was, like, lost for me. Yeah.
0: Um, kind of moving away from how he looks and getting into why he's there. Because he, he is there to take Grogu and train him. And to me, this should have been, like, a really big emotional moment. And, like, the music is telling you that it's a really big emotional moment. But, like, it doesn't... I, I felt nothing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I felt sad that Grogu was being separated from Din because I feel like... The point of his quest was supposed to be that they belong together.
1: Yeah. Oh, we've, we've talked about this. Yeah. Um, the point of the Mandalorian, I thought, was that they were finding belonging in each other. Yeah. Um, and like, I mean, that's a that's a big theme of Star Wars in general, just like finding belonging in different people. And I'm just, I'm confused. Left, like, scratching my head a bit.
0: And I will say, so, like, I explained that to my mom because I'm like, this is why it bothers me. And she said that she didn't think that. Like, she thought, you know, the point was exactly what they said. Like, he had the quest and he was supposed to take him and that's what he did. And I'm like, yeah, but it should go a little bit deeper than that. Because clearly being with Grogu changed Din a little bit. Um, to the point where he does take off his mask and show him his face. And I just feel like that was a really big moment that didn't have the emotional connection that it needed.
1: Well, I, I also think that, like, all of the emotional connection that anyone got through that scene is from build up from season one and not season two.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's,
1: yeah. It 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 felt weird,
0: especially because, like... Grogu wants to go with Luke and I'm like but why Mm -hmm. like there's no reason for him to want to like he should want to stay with me I was kind of hoping that that's what would happen like Grogu wouldn't go yeah and because you know at the end of the Mandalorian like you know they they're dubbed a clan of two and
1: yeah it just now they're broken up like I feel like that shouldn't happen he still has his signet and he is not a clan of two.
0: Yeah, it it feels very strange. Yeah. And um, people have brought back up, you know, this is the original sin, um, separating children from their parents. Like, the Jedi take kids all the time. And it just... It doesn't go the way it should go.
1: I I can't believe we're just being told the same story again.
0: We really are. Like, we really are. <laughs> like, I... Baby... Listen, Grogu is basically, like, a little Anakin, because he's got, like, this high metachlorian count that they've been talking about this whole time, and then he's taken by a mysterious Jedi with a green
1: lightsaber. Like... Like, I get Star Wars' is poetry. I get that. But it's supposed to but... rhyme, not mimic. Yeah.
0: It just... It's a little frustrating. And people have, have all these questions now of, like, are we going to see him... Again, I mean Din Djarin does say like I will see you again, but like are we? <laughs> is Mandalorian over? I, the second time I watched it, it fell over. Um, which I don't
1: think it is because I'm pretty sure there's going to be a season 3, right? Yeah, but do, do we want to get into like the after credits and talk about that? Cuz I think it goes it goes hand in hand with season three
0: yeah um do you have anything else you want to say about this episode before we get into the end credit
1: um pedro pascal is amazing
0: yeah he is (laughs) he deserves the world Mm -hmm. so the end credit which i was glad that you told me about because i wouldn't have stayed
1: (laughs) yeah i mean you would have even if we both had skipped it we would have found out about it and revisited it oh
0: yeah you you tell me about this
1: So there's an after-credits scene where Boba Fett and Fennec Shen arrive on Tatooine, and they go to Jabba's palace, and of course Jabba's not there anymore, but um, Bib Fortuna is there um, on the throne, and they kill everyone there, and they release a few people, and then Boba just kind of straddles the throne, and um, Fennec kind of climbs up on it and drink some sposhka and they look very powerful
0: this like killed boba fett for me i was like <laughs> i was ex- i was like starting to be a fan and now i'm back to cringing whenever i see merchandise of him. <laughs> I'm, like,
1: I'm not I- like okay like i'm not i'm not thinking that okay I, like i didn't really like i'm still like oh like i'm pretty intrigued by boba fett um i'm a little frustrated with this announcement in the after credits. Yeah. Um, but that that scene didn't really bother me too much.
0: I guess what bothers me is that, like, I, I felt like he was set up to be kind of more of, like, a, like a monk, you know, char- solitary type character. And so him going back to Jabba's palace just felt so... I was like, why? Like, why? <laughs> I don't yeah. understand. Like, um, was he just waiting... All this time to have his armor back so he could retake it? Like, what? what's the point?
1: Yeah. Well, like, does he want to bring, like, peace to Tatooine, like, more so? Um,
0: I mean, that's a question. I, yeah. I kind of thought... Like, I, I think it's more interesting if he had stayed with Mando and bo Because, like, they set up, like, this really interesting dynamic between him and bo Because, you know, like, he is basically a clone, you know, he's a bounty hunter, he wears Mandalorian armor, like, he's very different from Bo-Katan, like, I, I think it's, would have been really interesting to explore, like, in a third season, and, like, they could still do that, but I, just, it just felt so, like, fan y to me, I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this thing now. My,
1: my assumption is that if Fennec and Bubba are on Tatooine, then Din is with, Bo-Katan and... Yeah. Um, what's her face?
0: Um, Koska.
1: Koska, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're going to Mandalore. Yeah. Which makes sense.
0: I just... That's my assumption. Yeah. So, what do you think the Book of Boba is? Is it... Because people don't seem to... There seems to be, like, a little bit of, um, you know, back and forth.
1: I kind of... It's coming out December 2021. Yeah. So, that is... The Mandalorian time slot. So, does that mean that this is like the next book in the Mandalorian series? Like it is chap. It's like the next set chapter seventeen onward. Because like we know that like Dave worked on Avatar: The Last Airbender, and that series works within like the book system. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm questioning that it is part of Mandalorian.
0: Oh, and see like. My first assumption was that it, it this was like another backdoor pilot for like a just a new show, yeah. and it was it was gonna be Bo- book of boba is like its own thing now, yeah. and then we have the Mandalorian. But I did see a thread on Twitter where somebody said that maybe it's going to be like I can only think about it in like terms of books, like it's gonna be like a novella for oh,
1: like between Mandalorian, so yes. we're gonna get like a two year gap.
0: So it'll be, it'll be like season 2.5.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, which would be interesting, but I don't really know mm-hmm. how that would fit. But it would make sense because it would be like, you know, you have um, the first set of Mandalorian with chapters, you know, one through eight, then you have one through 16, and then you have like a little addendum with the Book of Boba, and then you go back into it. Would like make interlude. sense, but I, I don't know the connections. Yeah, an interlude, yes.
1: I think we might, we might actually find out before we release this podcast, because we're, re- we're recording Sunday and tomorrow mm-hmm. is Mando Monday. So they might say. Yeah. So
0: like overall, what did you think of season two of The Mandalorian?
1: Not my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely. Um, okay. When we were at Celebration, we went to The Mandalorian panel. We were like, this is cool, we're gonna watch it, but it doesn't seem like it's for us, Mm -hmm. right? We watched season one and were like, wow, this is for us. Like, yes, like, this is actually for us. And then I feel like season two gave me what I was expecting.
0: (laughs) That is such a perfect way to put it.
1: yeah. Like like, <laughs> like this like there are good moments in this but it's not necessarily for me. Like other people are enjoying this more than I am.
0: Yeah, how I feel now is how I thought I was going to feel before we went to that panel. Yeah. Um I saw somebody on Twitter say that um Tross isn't a movie, it's just a bunch of set pieces that and like the pace is so fast that you are distracted from the fact that there's no plot. And I kind of feel like that is also season two of The Mandalorian. Because mm-hmm. every episode kind of felt individual. It didn't connect super well. Um, and a lot of it was really just setting up other things to the point where I kind of feel like, yeah, you know, our journey with Din and, like, our main characters kind of just got... Suffered.
1: Yeah, just kind yeah. of got pushed down. Din and Grogu's story suffered a lot at the hands of... We need to, like, initiate all the other series that we're going to spin off of this.
0: Yeah. And, like, and I have no problem with, you know, setting up other things as long as it's in service to, like, the plot of the thing that it's in. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, Ahsoka really had, like, no reason to be in this show. Um, yeah. Bo-Katan did. I was, I was happy for that. Um, the stuff that they're setting up with, like, the New Republic, I feel like was okay, but kind of irritating, and yeah, then, like, book I'm... of Bobo was just like, why?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll we'll get in. We'll go and talk about that stuff now, like the the investors' announcements.
0: Yeah, so we'll go ahead and move into the news um, because we like, you know, where does Mando go from here? We've kind of talked about that, but um, we did get a lot of announcements this week or last week um, because we had a big investors' meeting for Disney. They unveiled. So much stuff, like a lot of Star Wars, but like also just a lot of a lot. Mm. And you you watched the live stream, so you you got to see all of this firsthand. I watched, what four hours? <laughs> yeah, four hours of stuff. This is a, they announced like everything under the sun, like every movie that's even been like a concept. They like announced it's crazy, um, but they said that we are going to be getting. 10 new Star Wars series for Disney+. Too many. Plus. It's a lot. It, it's definitely too many. Um, they also announced, like, some other projects with Lucasfilm. They announced their next film. Um, but I kind of want to talk about the shows. So, like, one of them is Mando, because, like, that makes 10. So we have to be getting a Mando season 3, right? mm mm-hmm. um, Although they didn't announce Book of Boba, so I guess that could be the 10th. I have no idea. I'm I'm very confused by that. Rangers of the Republic. What do you think about that?
1: I don't. I don't want it. I don't
0: want it either. <laughs> I feel like this is gonna be a Cara Dune show, which makes I me just, angry.
1: It makes me think of Buzz Lightyear. It does. It's really
0: weird.
1: I just like <laughs> instead of Rangers
0: of the Republic, why can't we just have more Resistance?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Can we have like
0: pre Resistance? Like I don't it's know. So true. I don't know what this show is going to do. Like, I guess I was hoping that they would explore this era in books because Rangers of the Republic doesn't sound like it's going to do what I want it to do for this era. It's just, the title
1: is such a journal. It's
0: so dumb. It's so dumb. Um, <laughs> and like I said, like, I feel like this is going to be a Cardoon show because they, you know, they made her...
1: A ranger. A ranger or... of
0: the New Republic. <laughs> um, which makes me mad because, you know, they haven't said anything about her yeah. transphobic comments or anything like that. So I hate that she's getting a show because they're probably not going to do anything about it. It's just, it's frustrating. Moving on. <laughs> At the same time, um, yeah. we're also getting an Ahsoka show, um, live action, played by Rosario Dawson.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Don't want this either. Um, I I just want Rebel-style Ahsoka. I, I want Ashley Eckstein- Looking for Ezra with Sabine, yeah. Tia Sakar. Like,
0: ugh. I'm I'm mad because if this was animated, I would be all over this,
1: over the moon. I would yeah. be like, this would be what I was excited. Yeah. For. Or like if they
0: hadn't of already shown um, live action Ahsoka and done all that in Mando, I'd probably still be excited for this. Like not excited,
1: but yeah, like, not excited I wanted, about Rosario yeah. Dawson.
0: Still want it to be animated, but after seeing it in mando i'm like even less excited yeah (laughs) i just i know they're gonna do cool force stuff but i just i'm mad that they're giving her a show i'm mad that it's live action i don't understand why it's not animated because they only announced one animated show and it's the bad batch and then the shorts there's gonna be some shorts um that are anime Mm -hmm. style but can they not have more than one animated show
1: (laughs) I was going to say after Ahsoka, now the announcements become good.
0: Yes. Well, since I mentioned the Bad Batch, I do want to say um, they showed a little sizzle for that. And Finnick is going to be in it. Yeah. Tell me about <laughs> this ship that um, Sky Talker host Caitlin Pleasure has turned us on to.
1: Um, <laughs> Finnick and Tech. <laughs> Technic. Um, yeah, it, the ship is called... Technic, um, there was a lot of hype on Twitter about shipping Boba Fett and Fennec. And I was like, I'm kind of indifferent to this. Like, I, like, ship, ship what you want. Like, I'm, I'm, it's fine. And then there were some comments about, about it. I'm like, oh, maybe, like, maybe I'm on board with that ship. And then Caitlin Pleasure comes out of nowhere and is like, (laughs) tech and Fennec. And I'm like, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I'm on board.
0: <laughs> like, I just, I can't even explain it. Um, but I just, like, I, that's what I want. That is the ship dynamic. That is the dynamic that I want. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, like, like I said, like, maybe I'd be in to um, Bo'nik if, like, I liked where Boba Fett was going. But I just, something about Finnick and tech just sounds great. Um, She looks really great animated. Um, I wasn't excited for the Bad Batch. Still am not. But if this is about romance...
1: (laughs) I just want scraps. Like, give me me your Technic scraps.
0: (laughs) Give me the scraps. Like, like, honestly, again, you know, Bad Batch could be, like, a Mando season one scenario, which, if so, like, great. Like, I want to like Star Wars, you know? Um, But right now, it does look like a... A show that, you know, we wouldn't be super into. They finally announced the thing that we've known has been happening forever, but the Kenobi series.
1: Yeah, so Kenobi's coming, but what's the big news?
0: Uh, Hayden Christensen is back as Darth Vader.
1: I am so excited. I I am so excited. (laughs) Y'all. Hayden! I just... Hayden! (laughs) Listen,
0: listen. If we were only getting suited Darth Vader they could put anybody in that suit but they got Hayden Christensen which tells me that he's not just gonna be Vader he's gonna be Anakin yeah <laughs> so excited I'm so excited <laughs> like I'm I'm really excited for this series I hope they don't let me down I mean it's Deborah Chow the so they can't let me down love Shannon the prequel love makes me so happy it makes me so happy I just I am
1: ready for this show i I hope it hurts i honestly think that people are gonna turn a new leaf with hayden because i think that hayden has the potential to like have good acting chops yeah and with deborah chow directing him i think he's gonna be amazing i really do think that there are moments in the prequels where hayden shows like how good of an actor he is yeah and like and like I like I love him, but I think that he's gonna like show everyone else his potential in Kenobi.
0: Yes, I'm just I'm so excited for this, and like yeah, you said it, like, Deborah Chow directing both of them. Like,
1: mm-hmm. I'm so
0: here for this. I I will be upset. So like after that Luke scene that we got, I will be upset if this is just like a badass Obi Wan fighting Darth Vader series. But I feel like I don't it, think so. I feel like it can't be. <laughs> Because he's a sad boy. Sad boy in the desert. I just... If he's not a sad boy, what's the point? <laughs> if there's not... If he's not being haunted by Anakin's ghost, what's the point? <laughs> they also
1: announced a Lando series, which I don't think we'd heard about before. No, that was a new announcement. That's 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 the first new announcement that was made. Well, af- after Ahsoka and, and Rangers.
0: Yeah. Um. Did they say... um. Anything about like the time period or anything with this? No,
1: no. But um I'm really hoping for Phoebe Waller Bridge. Yes. Like, I'm oh. if this is
0: like I would love a pre solo Lando yeah. series.
1: Yes. Yes. Um Please. I love El like I mean our listeners probably know how much we love El. Yeah. And, and 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 everything that Phoebe does, like just like everything, Killing Eve, um, Fleabag flea like, my favorite thing in the entire Alex watches so. Fleabag,
0: like, every day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I watch it, like, once a month, but <laughs> besides the point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited for that. Again, I do worry that since they clearly have reacted so strongly to the hate that The Last Jedi got, I worry that they're going to react to the hate that L3 got. But the L3 Lando dynamic is so good, and, like, I know fanboys hate L3, but it is so good and she is such yeah. a good character phoebe waller bridge like needs to be in more star wars like this is what we want
1: <laughs> i would love to see phoebe writing star wars yeah like in the writers room of potentially lando mm-hmm. like have her be a part of that writing that writing room yes that would be absolutely perfect and that would probably like make lando my favorite show
0: yes yeah, it has, it has potential to be, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so, so good. Especially, you know, like, if it's, if it's Donald Glover Lando, like, I'm here for it. I feel like, depending on the time period, we could even maybe see a little bit of, like, Alden's Han, possibly.
1: And we love Alden.
0: We love Alden.
1: Like, is this gonna be the solo sequel? Possibly? And Kira and Maul. Kira. Just, Kira. Kira.
0: Where's our Kira show? We did get something similar to our Kira show, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a second.
1: What if Kira's in the Lando show, though? Like, there could be syndicate stuff. Yes.
0: But see, like, here's the thing, though. Like, we can either have L3 or we can have Kira and Han because of the timeline.
1: No, I think that there could be all. Oh, yeah, you're right.
0: you're right i mean like there's potential for flashbacks or anything but timeline
1: yeah okay here's the thing like if it's post solo then lando doesn't have the falcon yeah and i feel like they want to have lando in the falcon
0: yeah i think so another thing about lando though um the creator of dear white people is yeah Working on the show, I can't remember what they said he's doing. If he was like writing, directing, producing, I'm not. I'm not sure. But um, I haven't watched Dear White People, but I have um, heard a lot about him, and that makes me really excited. Yeah, is that
1: that's a Netflix show,
0: right? It is a Netflix show, so we'll it, to, it, I we'll think it's on Netflix it right now. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the next thing they announced is something called Visions. It's going to be a collection of shorts that are all anime style. Did they say? What exactly this is going to be? Like, is it going to be, like, Galaxy of Store, Like, Galaxy of Adventures? I don't know. I don't know. But that'll be cool. I'm excited to see them do some, like, different animation styles. Like, that'll be fun. Um, but the big show, the big thing that we announced, the thing that Lipstick and Lightsabers is here for, the thing that we exist for, is something yeah. called Acolyte.
1: I think you probably heard me scream.
0: Yeah, I heard you. I heard you scream all this, the way down here. Like,
1: like cue um, Hillary Duff singing, "This is what dreams are made of."
0: Yes, yes.
1: This show is what <laughs> dreams are made of.
0: What? So, what is Acolyte?
1: <laughs> the Acolyte is set at the end of the High Republic, and Leslie Headland, who is the creator of Russian Doll on Netflix, is the creator on this show, and. You haven't watched all of Russian Doll. I enjoyed Russian Doll. Um, it's going to be dark. It's going to be... Th- this show is supposed to be a thr- mystery thriller that follows dark sliders. And previously, we heard that Leslie Hedlund's show was going to be female focus. So, like, this makes me think, like, dark side ladies um giving me um like saj Ventress vibes yes like yes yes like like we were uh, talking Maren. about how, like we wanted
0: we wanted like a night sister show i feel like like yeah. this is technically our prayers being answered
1: <laughs> yeah i mean we really don't know anything but no i know that this is the show for me
0: <laughs> yes like i know that this is like this is the star wars
1: we want is yeah. right here
0: Um, Mm -hmm. I saw, so you sent me a tweet this morning where somebody was saying that the end of the High Republic era is 50 years before Phantom Menace.
1: Which is crazy. Yeah,
0: that's kind of weird to think about. I
1: mean, like, I don't want that because the closer you get to the Skywalker timeline, the smaller the world becomes.
0: Yeah. That is Um, part of my worry because, like, Acolyte would be somewhere in there. And I do worry that it's going to be, like, like, a Sidious thing. Um, but, yeah. But, like, done well, I could still like it.
1: Well, you know, if, if we never heard that, that like, it was supposed to be a female-focused show, mm-hmm. I would think that this show is the Sidious show.
0: Yeah. But, That's what I would think. But it's Leslie Headland.
1: Yeah, because of what we heard previously, I, I mean, Sidious might be background somewhere there, but, um, I don't know.
0: I mean, how old would he be? Like, a baby?
1: (laughs) Well, like, is he, like, does he, is he, does he age normal? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know.
0: I have no idea. So, I mean, there's so many things, like, up in the air, and, like, the reason we go back and forth on this stuff is because, like, we love Star Wars so much, and, like, we want to be hopeful, and, like, we want to trust it, but then, like, time and time again, Star Wars is like, ha, no, no. Um, but I am very excited for the show. I think Lando's gonna be good too. I am actually interested in the Bad Batch. So, mm-hmm. like overall, like I still think that they announced a lot when it comes to shows. Um, but it, like it's it's all kind of different, which is kind of good, I, I think. So um, moving out of shows and into films, um, they did mention Taika Waititi's film. Did they say anything really about it, though?
1: No, not other than it's going to be different that um, we got that logo. We got that special Star Wars logo that looked like Schoolhouse Rock, but in like crazy colors. Mm -hmm. I think that was just like a visual cue for us to be told like this is not your average Star Wars.
0: Yeah, which is interesting. I'm I'm glad that he's still still working on that. They didn't mention anything about Ryan Johnson's supposed trilogy. Um, still holding out hope over here on lipstick and lightsabers, though.
1: Um, I think I think it's still happening because um, on what day was it? Was it the anniversary of *Last Jedi*? He, Ryan was liking tweets about his upcoming trilogy. That's good. Yeah, so, like, some people were tweeting at him about it, and he was liking tweets, so, I mean, I feel like he wouldn't like tweets if it wasn't happening. Yeah. I I
0: still have hope that it's happening. If it is happening, I'm kind of glad that they're not talking about it, because, you know, it would just get hate yeah. dogpiled on I immediately. Yeah, I
1: I... I think all it is is that it's far out because yeah. like, we're gonna get Patty Jenkins' movie and Tyga's movie first. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan's pretty busy; like he has knives out going. He has his own production company. I think that Ryan is still gonna make a movie. Well, or trilogy, and since
0: his is supposedly like a trilogy, like that might be like the next big thing. So, yeah. like, obviously they're, they're giving some, quote-unquote, breathing room after Tross, um, but it could be that this happens, you know, way down the line.
1: Yeah, in, like, ten years. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but as you mentioned, they did announce um, officially the next Star Wars film that will be coming out December um, 2023. It is called Rogue Squadron, and it is directed by Patty Jenkins. Yay! That's exciting. I am excited for that. Yeah, really exciting. I – because, like, normally if they announce something like this, I'd kind of be like, oh, you know, ex wing pilots, whatever. But I'm glad that, like, we're finally getting a female director. And, like, I really liked Wonder Woman. I know some people are a little Mm -hmm. bit worried about Patty Jenkins, but I I really liked Wonder Woman. So I'm excited.
1: I I think she's super excited because I don't know if you saw that clip of her Mm -hmm. talking about how she's always wanted – to make like a fighter pilot movie because her dad like served in the air force and it's like always been something that like really close and dear to her that she's wanted to do and like and and she feels like it's a big dream that it it gets to get like combined with star wars yeah so like to see how excited she is like brings like a lot of hope
0: yeah it makes it makes me very very happy when i saw that um the big question is it's like what exactly, like, when is this movie going to take place? Like, is it going to be... Some people have said that it, it's new Star Wars, so, like, it's post-Tross. But I don't know. I, when I hear Rogue Squadron, you know, I think of Empire Strikes Back. I think of, like, Rogue mm-hmm. One. So I'm wondering if this is kind of like a, a semi-sequel to Rogue One. What do you think?
1: I have no clue. I, I'm not... I don't really have any ideas of what it is, but um, I'm just excited based off of Patty Jenkins. Yeah, I mean, it'll
0: be cool. It'll be really cool. Um, they also mentioned um, Willow still being in the works, and then something that we are very excited for: the Children of Blood and Bone movie. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. Okay. So, like, we were having a conversation about like, what are we going to talk about in like a content drought if like Mando isn't working for us or shows if it isn't working for us? But like, we could do yeah. Children of Blood and Bone.
1: Yeah, we could do Willow also.
0: Oh, we could. I've never, I don't know, like, anything about Willow. I don't, maybe we should watch the movie and do an I episode think we should. of
1: Willow. We should. We should watch the movie. So, uh, yeah, we'll put that on the schedule. And, we'll, and we'll watch movie. I mean, we know, we also know the indie movies are coming to you and we can cover that. <laughs> yeah and you're just like laughing (laughs) see this is where we differ where i am an indie well you you have the nostalgia listen
0: i don't (laughs) i don't not like indie i'm here for new movies what i didn't like were the (laughs) movies. i love the concept of him but those movies just haven't (laughs) aged well as a new i understand like listen I, like, understand. I can't i can't even watch like the original ghostbusters because it doesn't have any nostalgia for me and i'm like wow oh boy <laughs> but yes we can also <laughs> talk about indie um we can talk about children of blood and bone it's so weird um like with the book community so many people hate on children of blood and bone and i don't get it
1: why what do they say
0: They say that like it's rushed, that it doesn't make sense, that the characters are dumb, that they make dumb decisions, and I'm like, I completely disagree with that. (laughs) Like, it's enemies to lovers. It's it is is enemies to lovers, and like I agree. (laughs) Like Zayli does, she is like a very messy, complicated character. She makes
1: a lot of mistakes. Yeah, but like I love that.
0: So many heroines have to be like so perfect, and Zayli is like she. I don't know. She could be evil by the end. Who knows? Yeah. Like, it's really cool. It's got a really cool lore to it. If you haven't read Children of Blood and Bone, um, highly recommend. Recommend listening to the audiobook. The first book is pretty relo. Like, not gonna lie. That's what made us... Yeah. <laughs> the- I was reading it and I got to those sections and I was like, all right, Alex, um, you're reading this book. <laughs> <laughs> this is what's happening right now. <laughs> all right. But is there anything else you want to say about the announcements that they've made? No. It's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't really have any dates on anything other than that um, the Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron film will be in 2023. Um, Otherwise, we're just kind of going to see how things go. Um, But I didn't say this at the top of the show, but I do want to say it now. Um, It is really disheartening that uh, Gina and Rosario seem to still be getting... Their own stuff. Um, Star Wars does not said anything about them. Um, I really recommend checking out some trans organizations. Um, we will have links to the Homeless Black Trans Women's Fund and Trans Rights Are Human Rights. This is the Way Foundations. If you want to contribute to those, um, if you want to keep the conversation going with us, if you have any, you know, recommendations for things that you'd like us to cover in the new year, um, we are going to be talking about. Uh, The High Republic. We're actually going to talk about that today uh, with Friends of the Force. But if there's something in particular you want to hear us talk about, please let us know. Um, You can find us at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at McCarter Shannon, and Alex is at Alex Leonis. And we will see you guys in the new year. Bye! Bye!